Amen, hallelujah, amen, hallelujah. I hope everyone is well this morning. Everyone is well. Living for Jesus, church. Living for Jesus. Nothing new to us, right? Nothing new to us. We've been saved by the blood of Jesus. Nothing new to us. Nothing new to us. Just a friendly reminder, right? A friendly reminder, living for Jesus. That what we made that vow. We made that vow unto God. What we would do. What we would do. When we confess with our mouths that we believe that Jesus died for our sins and that God raised him from the dead. And then that we will receive him within our hearts as Lord over our lives. Meaning living for him and what? Through him. We made that confession that we will begin to live no longer for ourselves. But live for Christ. Amen? Amen. All because we wanted to be saved out of the darkness of this world and the darkness of ourselves, of our sin. We made that confession. So it's nothing new to us, right? Just a friendly reminder to us Christians, right? Because this is something that we're already doing, right? Amen. Living for Jesus, church. When you started this new year of 2023 off, when you set out your plans, your intentions, um, your tasks to achieve, your goals to accomplish, where was living for Jesus on that list? Where was living for Jesus on that list? Those of us that do New Year's resolutions, where was living for Jesus on that list? I ask you that because it should be on the top of that list. Number one, number uno. Number uno. Because that's where he belongs. Number one in our lives. Number one priority in our lives. Church living for Jesus, living for Christ, is a life focused upon a determination to fulfill a commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord. As Lord. A focused life upon a determination to fulfill the commitment to Jesus Christ as Lord. As Lord. Lord, Lord. At the core of every decision we make, church, is a motivation. There is a motivation behind every decision that we make. All, all things that we do, we're motivated by something. Everything that we do, whatever we choose to do, we're motivated to do it by something. Some people are motivated by the quest of money, fame, attention. 
If you're a business owner, you might be motivated by what? Success. Success. Some people spend their entire lives, entire lives, living for their what? Their jobs or their careers. Many live for family. Parents live for children. Spouses live for each other. And there's nothing wrong with those things within themselves. No, nothing, nothing. But we must be careful. We must be careful. Because that which we center our lives around can become our God. Can become our God. And the Bible is clear. The Bible is clear. Thou shalt have no other God before me. Before me. Not only speaking of gods and as people or idols, but anything, anything that takes away or distracts us from our full focus and attention unto the Lord. Unto the Lord, church. The Holy Spirit gets on me all the time about my TV time. About my TV time. Even though I've studied and I've done all that and I may have some extra time, I could be laying there. It won't hurt, Ron, to study a little bit more, to pray a little bit longer, to meditate throughout the night. I say, yes, sir, you're right, you're correct. He breaks you down. But we're not fully engaged. When he wants that extra, the Holy Spirit will bring it to our attention. To, rem to remind us to be focused, to be focused on everything that we do. See, the Lord does not want his people to give our hearts, our souls, or our minds to anything ahead of him. The Bible tells us that what? We serve a jealous God. A jealous God. Now, we don't want the wrath of a jealous God, do we? We don't want the wrath of a jealous God, no. So whatever we're living for, that is the motivation behind everything we do. Whatever we're living for, that is the motivation behind everything that we do. What are you living for, church? What are you living for? Who are you living for, church? Who are you living for? Who? Most likely, whoever and whatever has a grip on our what? Our hearts gets what? Gets our time, gets our attention, gets our focus, and in a lot of cases, gets our what? Money. Gets our money. Definitely gets our love over anything and anyone else, right? We invest in whoever has our hearts. We invest in who or whatever has our hearts. We have tunnel vision on who or whatever has our hearts. We don't see a lot of other things. We have tunnel vision. We are motivated by who or whatever has our hearts, church, to do most likely everything that we do in this life. Everything. It's motivated by our hearts towards something or someone. So whatever we're living for, whatever motivates us, Whatever, whoever has our hearts, guess what? They will receive our worship. 
they will receive our worship. What gets you excited? What gets you excited about life? What gets you off your feet? What gets you eager to live, church? What is it? What is it? Our hearts are designed for worship. Your hearts are designed for worship. And if it's not worshiping the Lord Jesus Christ, it will worship someone or something else. So something else, church. That's what our hearts do. Attached to people and things. And whatever and whoever has our hearts, church, they will receive our worship, our time, our focus, and our energy. And our energy. The Bible says that God seeks people who will worship him, who will worship him, mainly above all else, above all else. Living for Christ, church, is a lifestyle. It is a lifestyle. Living for Christ is a life lived by faith, and in him, it's by that faith that we live out what? Our lives. It's by that faith in him that we live out our lives. The Christian life is about following, following Jesus every single day. Not every other day, no, every single day. Not when we just feel like it, no, every single day. Not just here on Sundays, no, Mondays too, right? Every single day. And in everything that we do, everything that we do, Colossians says this, tell us, whatever we do, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, as unto the Lord. All of our efforts, our labor, as a service directly, directly unto the Lord. Everything, everything, church. Living for Christ is a lifestyle change. It is a lifestyle change. Have you ever had to change anything, church? Have you ever had to move to a new city or state, town? How about school, college? Different. Any school, different. New job, new career. It's all different. But no matter what it is, what it may be, the circumstances, it could be what? A familiar, right? Unsettling, right? And even what? Scary. Even scary. Well, before we were what? Saints. We were sinners. Before we were saints, we were sinners. And being a sinner is a totally different lifestyle than being a Christian. Totally. At least it should be. At least it should be, right? Totally different. We went from living a lifestyle of unrighteousness unto ourselves and led by the flesh to a life of righteousness in Jesus Christ led by the Holy Spirit. Two totally different lifestyles. Two totally different lifestyles. We had to learn a whole different lifestyle becoming a Christian. Totally. Meaning that our lives as Christians should no longer, should no longer no longer resemble the life of our past. It should no longer resemble the life of 
our past, church. Of course, it's a process. It's a process, but it is a process of transformation. It is a process of transformation, so it has to be a process of change. It has to be a process of change. To live as a Christian requires having the character of Jesus. We must have the character of Jesus, grow in the character of Jesus. A transformation occurs. It must occur as a result of the Holy Spirit's indwelling within us. When we truly practice living for Christ, the inward evidence is obvious. It should be obvious. Obvious. We have transformation of what? Sometimes our vocabulary. Our language changes. We don't use those foul languages anymore. Those words. Places that we used to go, we don't desire to go no more. People that we used to hang out with, right? The circle has gotten shorter because our desires are what? Change. Change. Where there's a lifestyle change, there should be a life change. A life change. Choosing to make Christ Lord over our lives, church, changes our lifestyle dramatically. It should change our lifestyle dramatically. The friendships, the activities, and also, also in many cases, we pay more attention to our health, right? We pay more attention to our health. We give our health more attention. And one of the reasons that for this change, church, is our new goal. Is our new goal. Living for Christ. Living for Christ. And when your friends and family don't understand that, tell them, hey, I got a new goal. I'm living for Christ now. I'm living for Christ now. When we are focused on a goal, when we are focused on a goal, church, we will do anything and everything to achieve that goal, won't we? Won't we? We will. So I ask you, what is your greatest goal in life? What is your greatest goal in life? What occupies your mind? What occupies your time? If I was to say sum up, sum up your life, what your life is all about in one word. What would it be? Sum up what your life is all about in one word. What would it be? Would it be your job? Would it be your career? Would it be family? Would it be your, your hobby or your entertainment? Now, y'all know why I like my Dallas Cowboys, right? I used to love them, but I like them now. But I, but I told my wife, I told my wife, I said, well, it's my time to go be with the Lord. Don't you dare, don't you dare put that on my headstone. Don't you dare put the, I had to pull back, church. I had to pull back, man. I had to pull back. Everywhere you go, how about them cowboys? How about them cowboys? It's more to life than just them cowboys, man. 
It's more than life. <laughs> I had to pull back, man. Yeah. Them cowboys won't get you closer to the Lord, right? No, it won't get you closer to God. Only living for Christ will do that. Only living for Christ would do that. I had to pull back. It was getting tough. It was getting tough. I'm still going to watch him today, though. I'm still going to watch him today. <laughs> so what one word will sum up your life? What one word will sum up your life? Well, for the Apostle Paul. For the Apostle Paul, that word was Christ. Hallelujah. For the Apostle Paul, that word was Christ. No one honored living for Christ more than the Apostle Paul. After his conversion, right? After his conversion. So what does it mean to live for Christ? Well, in Philippians, Paul says this. He says, for me to live is Christ. And to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Church, living for Christ, even though we're in the flesh, we're led by the Holy Spirit, right? Which produces good fruit, right? Meaning, whatever labor you do, it should be fruitful. It should be fruitful unto the Lord. Unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And that's what Paul is saying. If I should live, if I should live, that means fruitful labor unto the Lord for me. Fruitful labor unto the Lord for me. Because in the book of Philippians, Paul was in prison. He was in prison in Rome awaiting a potential death sentence. Paul, for the, actually for the, for the gospel ministry, Paul traveled the whole Roman Empire preaching the gospel. Preaching the gospel. And they wanted him dead for it. They wanted him dead for it. See, he wasn't going around the world sharing his own life story, church. No. No. He wasn't promoting himself to the world. No. He didn't put his life on the line for himself. No. They wanted him dead for sharing the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Of Jesus Christ. One would say, well, if one would put their life on the line to share the life of someone else, that life must be going to save the world, right? Hallelujah. <laughs> that life must be going to save the world. Mm. If only we knew. So he says, for me to live is Christ. And whatever I do, it will be fruitful labor unto Christ. Because I would be, and to die is gain. And to die is gain. How can, how can to live is Christ, but if I die, I will be gain. 
Wow. Because he will be in the true presence of the Lord. Face to face with the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 To live is Christ. To live is Christ. I remember when I first heard this verse, church. I remember. It didn't come from me reading the Bible. At the time, I was in mourning. When I heard this in a song, I was in mourning the passing of my dad when I first heard this. And it wasn't to live for Christ that stood out to me. No. It was to die is gain. And I was in no way thinking about dying to go be with the Lord. No. No. I was thinking about being with my father again. I was thinking about being with my father again. Because my dad was my everything. He was my everything. And so that's what I believe is the idea for Paul when he says that for him, Christ was his everything. His everything. See, many of us know this verse by, you know, by heart. But do we know it by practice? Do we know it by practice? Or to live for Christ is a passing thought. Because you live for your careers. You live for your families. You live for your, for your jobs, your hobbies. Or your entertainment. Your entertainment. Not for Paul. Not for Paul. See, people who don't believe in God on this earth, on this earth, people who don't believe in God, this earth is all they have. This is it. This is it. People who don't believe in God, this is it. So it's natural for them to, to depend on the worldly things, right? The popularity, the fame, the money, the pleasure. People who don't believe in God and trust in God, they live for the world. So we shouldn't be surprised in that area. But for Paul's life, Paul's life was, he was, he was living to, to develop eternal values, church. Eternal values. He lived his life on earth to develop eternal values. Values, heavenly values, if you will. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Paul's life was completely occupied and filled by his relationship with Christ. Completely. His relationship was the source and focus of his whole life. Of his whole life. It was the joy and the purpose of his life, church, to live for Christ. What are you alive to? What are you alive to, church? What are you alive to? What gets you excited? What gets you excited? Sadly, most of our passion, our true passion in life, is on the outside of our relationship with Christ. 
Mostly everything that we're passionate about is outside of our relationship with Christ. When Christ tells us that he came to give us life and, and, and so we can have life abundantly, that means that he came so that we can truly live and be alive to God, church. That we can be alive to God so that we would, he would be our passion. That we can live through him to get to the Father. To get to the Father. See, our motivation for living for Christ should one day be to see a holy God. To see a holy God. The God that we read about. The God that we sing about. The God that we praise to. The God that we pray to. Hallelujah. That's motivation, church. That's motivation. That one day you will see a holy God and all his glory face to face. That's motivation. That's motivation to live for Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We all want to see things that we ain't never seen before. But we ain't never seen that before. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The miracles that you've heard about. You get to witness firsthand. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Face to face, the glory of God. Hallelujah. That's motivation. That's motivation, and you can't get that here. Hallelujah. Living for Christ, church. Motivation. And I believe Paul wanted the same. I believe Paul wanted the same. He found his life, his true life, living for Christ. And he proclaimed it to anybody, anywhere who would listen. No matter the circumstances and no matter what it cost him. No matter what it cost him. That's living for Christ. Hallelujah. Galatians 2.20. Paul says this. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, hallelujah, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is living for Christ. Hallelujah. That is living for Christ. Paul no longer saw himself alive. <laughs> he no longer saw himself alive. He left his past and everything in it behind him. And moving forward, Moving forward, his life was now Christ and Christ alone. Paul's relationship with Christ was like a personal attachment. A personal attachment, church. He took Christ everywhere he went. Everywhere he went. Everywhere. Hallelujah. If we have true faith, we should live truly united with Christ. We should live truly united with Christ as like one identity. One identity, church. Wow, yes. One identity. We should take Christ everywhere we go, right? Everywhere. Every room we enter in, right? Every conversation we have. If he's truly in us, right? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should be able to relate to his death as dying to ourselves as he 
died for us, right? And as Christians, church, as Christians, we should see our own lives hanging on the cross. We should see our own lives hanging on the cross. Our own rebellious, sinful lives hanging on the cross, crucified with Jesus. Crucified with Jesus. Our old selves hanging upon the cross. Crucified with Jesus. Because that old way of life was put to death. Put to death, church. To never return. Leave it up there. To never return. Never. Hang it up. If you see it trying to come back, hang it up. Put it back on that cross. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We should be able to identify with Christ, relate to Christ also in his resurrection. In his resurrection. We have been crucified with Christ. Now we live with the same power that raised him from the dead. The resurrection church. Romans 8.11 says this. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That means that Christ and his strength lives within us. By the guiding presence of the almighty, all-wonderful Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Jesus has become the source and focus of our lives. He is the center of our thoughts, our words, and our actions, church. We live a purpose life to fulfill his purposes, not ours. We live to honor him, not honor ourselves, church. Paul's old life ended and his new life began when he was blinded on the road to Damascus. Ever since then, Paul became a follower of Christ, living for Christ. And this is what he said in Philippians also. Well, let me ask you, is Christ your life? Let me ask you, is Christ your life? You know he hears us. You know he hears us. Hallelujah. Is Christ your life? Hallelujah. 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 Jesus. Jesus. Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. Pour into our hearts, Lord. Pour into our hearts, Lord. Allow our desires to align with yours, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Destroy any wants and desires that's not of you, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Allow our ways to be your ways, Lord. Hallelujah. 
our thoughts to be your thoughts. Our words to be your words, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we want to live for you, Christ. Hallelujah in the name of Jesus. Is he your daily focus, church? Is he your daily passion? Hallelujah. Your daily focus. You wake up in the morning, focus on the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you passionate about the Lord throughout your day? Hallelujah. When you're aggravated on your job or with the children, with anybody, do you call on the Lord? Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. I'm passionate about you, Lord. Passionate about your word. Your word says this, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Is Christ the hope for your future? Is he's the hope for your future, church? When you look at your kids, do you think about Jesus? Hallelujah. Do you want them to have a life, a future in Christ? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The way this world is going, do you want your kids to have a future in Christ? Hallelujah. When you look into their faces, hallelujah. That's what we should want, church. Them to know the Lord, them to know Christ, them to be able to live for Christ one day. When we look into the mirror, what do we see? Hallelujah. Do we call on Jesus to help us? To help us to, to live for him? To live for him. Are we passionate? Are we passionate for change? Are we passionate for change in our lives? To live for Christ and not ourselves. We go through troubles day in and day out. And then we call on the name of the Lord. Let's change some things, church. Let's change some ways, church. Let's live for Christ. Let's be passionate. Passionate. When we look at the lost in the streets or wherever we go, do we pray for them and say, Lord, grab hold of them, Lord. Pull them out of the darkness, Lord. Pull them out of the darkness. Bring them into a life living for you, Jesus. Help the lost. Is Christ your life? Paul shows the life of a mature Christian. A mature Christian. And some would say we should model our lives after his passion for Christ. After his passion for Christ. In Corinthians, he told us, he said, follow me as I Follow Christ. That should be the hope of every Christian. To grab someone alongside and say, follow me. Come on. As I follow Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Pull them out of that darkness and say, follow me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, church. I tell you, I tell you, sometimes you wish that you can you can be with certain people 24 hours a day so you won't lose them. So you won't lose them. So you can really try to show them a life in Christ. You wish you could. To pull them and save them out of that darkness, church. Because the devil loves an idle mind. Idle mind. We have to be focused. Determined. 
retirement. Mm. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I want to close with Philippians 3.7. Paul sums it up. Paul is going to sum up his whole life, church. His whole life. His whole life. He says, but whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Everything. Indeed, I counted everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and counted them as rubbish. As rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ. Hallelujah. 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 This Christ must be someone special, right? Hallelujah. This Christ must be to die for, right? Hallelujah. Is he to die for, church? Is he to throw off this flesh for? Is he to throw off this flesh for? Hallelujah. Is he to live righteous for? Is he to do what's right and not what's wrong? Is he so good that you are willing to share his life with others? Hallelujah. 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 Paul says all the former things he took pride in, his Jewish upbringing, his following the Lord, being a Pharisee, living uh, uh, for religion, he says he counted all nothing, zero, for the sake of gaining Christ. Jesus was the beginning of his life, and getting to know him more was the continuing of his life, church, as it should be the continuing of our lives. And one day dying, Paul says, would be gaining. Because that would mean dwelling in the presence of Jesus Christ. Everything else, everything else is counted as loss. A life with Christ is gain. Amen? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Let us pray, hallelujah, hallelujah. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, hallelujah. We thank you for the Apostle Paul, God. We thank you for a model that seeks to live a life with Christ. We thank you, God, for giving us an example, showing us an example. And many of us might say, well, I'm no Apostle Paul. I'm no Jesus. I'm not perfect. Well, neither was he. Neither was he, God. And we know that, God. Give us the courage to stand up for the things of the Lord, to live for the Lord, God. Give us those desires that we need, Almighty God. God, let us rearrange 
Rearrange those New Year's resolutions, God, if living for Christ wasn't at the top, God. Show mercy on us, God, and give us another opportunity to rearrange our direction, our number one goal in life, God. Father, we just thank you. We thank you. Father, I say bless this, this beautiful congregation, God. Bless everyone that's connected to this congregation, God. Every, every family member of a member, God. Those that are live streaming, we love you. We thank you for tuning in. Bless you and your families. And I pray that all of us, all of us, start today if we already hadn't, and live a life for Christ in the name of Jesus. And the church said...